G'day community and welcome to another Jock Reynolds Supercoach podcast. Today we're going to talk all things Carlton Blues, but before we do, shout out to Telebeats for the awesome intro music and shout out to supercoachchampion.com who provide the awesome Supercoach rings. You've seen us vlogging on our socials. Go to the Facebook page and check out the video of me getting blown away by the custom Jock Reynolds ring that they sent us that's supercoachchampion.com they're running out of stock but if you go there today use code jr2021 that's jr2021 you'll get free same day delivery all right let's crack into the carlton football club i'm joined by patch how are you i'm good lack dog i'm very very good as uh because we've got a very exciting guest on the podcast this week we do the magnificent the supercoach guru, the midfield genius, the mid-priced hero, the champion of all things fantasy, Tim Mitchell. How are you? Oh, how can I respond to that pump-up, Lech Dog Wool? When you ask me to come on and talk Carlton, that's what you and I do for about 85% of our working weeks anyway. So I thought, why not actually put it into record and see if we can find some JFC supercoach bargains for the punters. So hopefully uh, we can give them a... A few decent insights into uh, yeah, some of these Carlton options that we're considering for our teams this year. And I think there's plenty to consider. It's rare that in recent times that Carlton's been super, super coach relevant. But I'm intrigued that, Patch, you've decided to join two Carlton fans on the Carlton podcast. Well, originally it was just the two of us. And now you've, you've sprung a, a sneaky on me and brought another Carlton fan on just to outnumber me. And just every suggestion I have, I'm ready to just have battered down. Um, and that's why you're here, and we'll keep the Essendon jokes to a minimum for today's no, podcast. No, you won't. You definitely <laughs> will not. Um, every every podcast needs a Brent Stanton. They need a whipping boy, and uh, it is my um, humble honour to be uh, to be that whipping boy today. Well, let's not dilly dally any further. Let's get straight into the first segment of the podcast, which is the locks of the Carlton Football Club. I know Tim and I have a shared opinion on this, but we'll start with you, Patch. Who have you got as your lock and uh, why? I have Zach Williams as my lock from Carlton, and I'm prepared to instantly be battered down, but he's kind of cheap. He will be playing in the midfield. He will outperform his uh, his price point. He should be a top eight, um, top eight defender barring injury, which I know is a bit of a knock on him, but I just he, he's moved across for greater midfield time, greater midfield opportunity, and I think he's going to get that at Carlton. Yeah, Patch, look, he I didn't put him in as a lock because of that injury concern, but he's not going to not be in my team. We looked through his past history, 2019, he played 20 games, averaged 101.6. We saw in, and in that year, he did play some midfield time. I think Frico put up a tweet the other day saying he averages about 5.5 tackles whenever he plays midfield, which is like top five tacklers in the game. And then in 2020, Injury affected again, averaged 85, and he comes in underpriced. And Tim, you're a mid-price guru. Is he locked into your team? Uh, yeah, just to be out, I think I've been trying to find some some value to make sure I've got that Max Gorn and uh, Brody Grundy combination in the rucks, especially after the 
news in recent days that uh, Braden Proust is going to be out for four or five months, which has thrown a curveball to plenty of KFC super coaches and their plans. But yeah, look at um, sort of some of the, the value in defense. And there's some really good options around that 450k mark. Like you look at Liam Duggan, who went into the midfield late in the season for West Coast. Um, his new teammate, Alex Witherden, is around that same price as well. But I don't think there's any better value um, in terms of someone that probably just below that sort of top bracket of, of premium um, in terms of the price anyway. Like you, there seems to be this knock on, on Zach Williams that he, he picks up injuries at the wrong time of the season. But you go back through, and apart from last year when he only played 11 games, he played 20 games for... I don't know, his past three seasons in uh, full seasons anyway in 2016, 2017 and, and 2019 and, and average sort of a minimum of 80 over that period as well, which which puts him in a really good um, sort of price at, at 458k. And I think he's going to be so popular anyway that even if he was to go down with an injury, God forbid, after sort of four or five weeks, um, you're going to be in a position that sort of 35, 40% of other KFC super coaches are. So um, I think he's, he's one of those. Just pick him, um, throw away the key, pretty similar to Sam Doherty last year. Yeah, I uh, agree 100%. I think having that extra coverage, knowing that everyone else has him, is really helpful. And look, he's going to be a midfielder at the Blues. That's going to happen. There's a void of significance. It's been there for so long. We've kind of forgotten about it, but he's going to fill it. And yeah, I just the injury risk is not high, high enough to uh, not select him, given ownership and positional role. Let's move into our shared lock, Tim. You can you can talk about him. I, I get a little too excited when I think about this, man. Yeah, so Patrick Cripps is a player that um, we're talking about here, Lek, and, and I think their value is just too good to pass up. So I can understand why people are a little bit wary, um, considering especially his, his finish to last year. Um, his average of 97.5 was... Well, just about as, as bad as he's averaged over a season in his uh, illustrious KFC Supercoach career. So you have to go back to 2015, when, uh, and that was Patrick Cripps' second year in the AFL system, when he averaged 96.3 for a season, when he's averaged less than what he did last year, but he was absolutely um, battered and bruised and, and sort of banged up towards the end of last season, wasn't he? Um, definitely wasn't sort of his true self. We, we can only know, or, or certainly you'd probably have to be, in uh, in the um, inner sanctum at Carlton to know exactly um, how many injuries he was carrying late in the season, but still averaged ninety seven point five, and I think that's just presented us with one of the the greatest bargains we've seen in a long time in in KFC Supercoach. Like we're looking for value in the mids, and and so many of the midfielders this year, and, and I'm sure you guys have touched on it already, are, are well and above like over the price that they should be to start this season based on the crazy scaling that we saw in, in shorter quarters last year, but Patrick Cripps is, is the opposite of that. Here we've got a guy that averaged, what, 117.1 in 2019, 119.4 in, in 2018, yet he's available for 523k to start the season. And all reports out of Princess Parker that um, even though he had sort of a slower start to his preseason, he's building nicely now towards season 2021. And for me, it's just a matter of whether I start both uh, Patrick Cripps and Sam Walsh, who's available for, what, about 20K more than Patrick Cripps this year. But I think Cripps is one of the most obvious buyers of the season at that price. And really, there's uh, there's no downside to picking him at, um, yeah, such a cheap price. I think he's about the uh, somewhere in sort of that 35 to 40 bracket for, uh, for um, midfield prices this year, which is just uh, crazy value. Patch, this is a man, he, his average did drop by 20 points from 2019 to 2020, but at the start of the year last year, he slimmed down. He wanted to be more flexible, wanted to be able to play in different areas of the ground. This year, 
that clearly didn't work last year. So this year's comeback, he's bulked up again. He's going to be a midfield bull, might still rest forward because of the uh, less the lowered rotations. Is there any knock against this man in your super coach team? Um, I had him at the back end of last year. Didn't love the production. So there's that, that not wanting to get burned again factor, which is playing into my mind, but it's completely irrational. I don't have any rational knocks on Sam Walsh. Um, oh, sorry, on Patrick Cripps. We'll get to Sam Walsh in a minute, no doubt. Um, I don't have any rational knocks on Cripps um, because at that, at that value, um, he's, yeah, very, very good player. Very, very good I think, prospect. Yeah, and I think grabbing a guy at 520k who can pump up 150s and give you captain-worthy scores is just a no-brainer. He actually spent slightly less time at center bounces in 2020 versus 29, and I expect we're going to see that go up again with him, Zach Williams, Sam Walsh all in the guts there. We'll set a field on the outskirts. But let's, let's move to our bolters, and these are players that, in my opinion, people are going to jump on as the season fast approaches. And I've got a big name for you boys, and it's Sam Doherty, who I do think has value as a selection. I think people are going to see him in the preseason. He's going to play one game. He's going to score 250 points, and he's going to all of a sudden, at sub 500k, be in everyone's team. Is he someone that you're looking at? Is this someone that is a justifiable selection? We'll go to you first, Tim. I've definitely given him some thought, Lech, that's that's for sure. The only um, thing that I'm worried about is ending up with a team that's almost entirely Carlton players because I'm looking at picking Zach Williams and, and then, as I mentioned, Cripps and, and Walsh are a fair chance based on their value of, of ending up in my midfield as well. But but I really like um, Sam Doherty at, at that price. I, I think if you're looking for, I don't know, someone to, to save sort of 30 or 40K instead of, say, picking a, a Tom Stewart, if you're going with Jake Lloyd, as most coaches probably will at D1, then um, Sam Doherty does represent some value at, at less than 500K. I, I think the only possible deterrent for coaches, and um, like Patrick's talking about what happened with Patrick Cripps late in the season last year, and, and we saw something similar with Sam Doherty in the second half of last season, didn't we? That team started to pay a fair bit of attention to him. Um, quite often taggers were sent to him as well, which really limited his output. And suddenly the sort of 120s and 130s that we're seeing early in the season were dropping to 60s and 70s, which was a bit of a worry. But uh, I think with Adam Saad there as well, sort of potentially Zach Williams to spend some time across halfback too, like Sam Doherty's going to absolutely love having those sort of guys next to him. And yeah, I can see him averaging sort of somewhere in that 95 to 105 bracket, which would make him a keeper at 490k, which is pretty hard to pass up. Patch, is the Doc man someone you're looking at? I think from my perspective, he's someone who had his best seasons alongside a very good Cade Simpson in 2016 and 2017. Last year, he came back after missing two years and didn't expect a huge output for him, still averaged 92 is he someone that you would consider as a bit of a pod with Adam Saad and Zach Williams in that back line with him as well? Maybe, but he's he's actually down as as a knock for me just because I want to see him do it before I pick him. Just, you know, coming off last year, I know that, you know, he'll be better for another preseason under his belt. I know that he'll, you know, he should improve and having those extra names alongside him will help. I want to see it before I put him into my team, especially when you've got Williams, you've got Duggan, you've got, um, with it, and you've got these players that are a bit cheaper. That I'm thinking, you know, at, you know, Williams and Duggan at least will potentially match him scoring wise. I'd rather go with a Zach Williams than a Sam Doherty at this stage. 
But yeah, mid, I think that's mid, a, mid-season a, a valid be, concern. Yeah, could pick him up after the draw, um, after the buy. Yeah, I think there's I think there's scope to pick him, but not to start with in my books. I think that's a, a, a very valid opinion, and you're entitled to it, Tim. You've got a different name as a bolter, and it's scaring the shit out of me. Yeah, I just did this to goad you, Lack, really, um, having um, known your thoughts on, on this particular blue. But it seems like, and, and I've, I mentioned already the um, the fact that sort of so many of those, like you know, of your Lockie Neal, Max Gorn, we know he's at a record price this year. Clayton Oliver's up around 660K as well. And then Jake Lloyd's at, at a pretty similar price to Oliver in defence as well. So I feel like so many KFC Supercoaches this year are looking for value somewhere because they want to lock away those absolute big guns and the captaincy options in their starting team. And and that means that when you're searching for value and trying to find some nuggets, you inevitably come across guys that have been in the system for three or four years, but for one reason or another, um, whether it's sort of game time or they just haven't sort of realised their full potential um, are still priced at around about rookie price, and and the one of those from from Carlton that's going to start the season at two hundred two thousand four hundred is Paddy Dow, high draft pick. Um, the good noise out of Princess Park about what he's been doing over the off season, but um, haven't we heard that before? Um, he's never scored. Um, just going back to his KFC Supercoach numbers, never scored a ton in now forty two career games, which is a bit of a worry. But I think. If like what you said about Sam Doherty, like if he shows anything in Carlton's preseason games or trial hit outs, there's going to be a lot of KFC super coaches that get sucked into him, and that's why I think he could be a bolter because he's got he's got the value there. But I think at the same time he could be a massive trap as well because I can see him scoring an old big hundred in um, sort of a, a, a very casual preseason hit out. And then coming out and being maybe sixth or seventh in the rotation in what's a, a pretty packed midfield now for Carlton, and then averaging 60 and then being back in the combined NEFL VFL competition for a large point of the season as well. So even though he's 202K, I'd be pretty low to get sucked into um, sort of any pre-season hype around Paddy Dow just because I think there's too many midfielders now at Carlton. And the more I think about it, Lech, uh, it's sad for me to say it, but I feel like we're becoming a bit of a poor man's Western Bulldogs in that we've got about 15 midfield options there now. Um, and yeah, Paddy Dow is a long way down that list of uh, sort of potential midfielders at the Blues, and I worry about his scoring based on that, but I think he's going to come into teams based on his value. Well, I look, I have strong feelings on Paddy Dow, and I want him to be a very successful AFL player, but putting him in your super coach team is a recipe for disaster. His best year was his first year. He hasn't shown anything really for two years now, the last two years, and I just... It's just going to be pain. It's going to be hard to trade out of a 200K player. Avoid, 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 patch, agree, disagree. Um, on the fence. Um, I know I'm not allowed to have opinions about Paddy Dow because you don't let me, and every time I do, you beat me. Um, but I, the only reason I can see us needing to pick Paddy Dow is if the rookies don't turn up. And I know we kind of get into this, you know, this, this worry every preseason, then they do turn up, but... Again, it's kind of like a lot of these kids that got drafted in the off-season or are coming in didn't play last year. We might not have cheap players. It might mean that Paddy Dow has to come into our sides and average 50 or 60. But if there's literally anyone else, I will pick that anyone else. Jarman Impey is the other person. <laughs> pick Jarman Impey. Don't pick Paddy Dow. <laughs> hey, uh, community. This is Dog from the future. This podcast was recorded... A little while ago, and we've just seen Paddy Dow dominate 
Essendon. To be fair, I could have dominated Essendon today, but he did have 15 disposals, two marks, one tackle, and two goals. He's going to be tempting people. If he can back this up in the second practice match, I'll retract my words. Yes, this isn't fair to edit in, because I'm not going to do it for anyone else's statements. Also, like Lockie O'Brien's 180k too, who absolutely no one's talking about another one of our hot oh. draft picks. So, as Carlton fans, let's just cross our fingers and hope that this is the year that those two show something and, and deliver on the sort of potential that saw them drafted in the top 10. Well, let's. I actually want to talk about him in a second, that name you just listed, but I just want to quickly backtrack, go to our Knox category, because I just wanted to note my only knock on anyone and I love him, is the big friend of the show, Mark Pitonet. I'm just worried maybe he can't feed all of our mids as much as I'd like him to. Not a knock. I'm not saying uh, he's a bad player, and he's, you shouldn't cert- certainly shouldn't super, uh, pick him in Supercoach Classic. Supercoach Draft is another discussion. But yeah, just knocking him, just worried that he might not be able to get that ball down to the advantage. So I think Cripps, it doesn't matter. Williams and Walsh, we'll have to wait and see. Let's talk about breakouts, though, because you just mentioned Lockie O'Brien. I know you've got another name and a similar price player in a similar position in the team, Tim. Let's talk Lockie O'Brien and let's talk Liam Stocker. Is there any chance these guys get into the senior team, play consistent football and provide some really solid cash generation for super coach players out there? Well, Stocker's the one, isn't he? Like, like we're hearing good things about him again. I know it's dangerous to... Hear things in in January and, and February and sort of fall into um, sort of potential um, breakout talk, but and so often super coaches have, have fallen for that over the years. But I don't know Liam Stocker. I know he had an indifferent campaign last year because he was up in the hub and then had to come back to Victoria as well, which sort of meant that he wasn't able to um, get a look in late in the season, which Paddy Dow and, and Lockie O'Brien did when sort of Carlton was. Um, hit by a few injuries and and we're at, was out of we're out of finals contention late in the season as well. But so what we hear about Liam Stocker is he's back training with the mids. Um, already said that you, you think Carlton's um, first choice midfield um, under Mark Pitney is going to be Cripps, uh, Walsh, and Williams because we're hearing that Sam Walsh is more likely to play some more inside footy this year as well. So even if Liam Stocker has really impressed David Teague over the off season, he's at a minimum probably fifth or sixth in that rotation as well. Um, in the limited senior exposure we've seen from him, he played a bit across halfback as well. But um, you have to go back to what I think it was twenty, yeah, twenty nineteen. He played five games and averaged forty nine point six. And there were some some okay signs in a few of those games. Like I remember a game against Collingwood when I feel like he looked like he had some of the traits to suggest that he could be a, a future star as well. But but really, we know he's had his sort of off season, off field issues, I should say, as well that. Um, have meant that he hasn't been able to cement a spot in the Carlton side. But again, pretty similar to Paddy Dow, isn't it, Lech? Like, we're looking for value somewhere. Liam Stock is listed as a defender this year, 186K. Um, could he be that potential breakout? Um, well, fingers crossed that he is because um, I think, well, there's no guarantee that sort of Lockie Jones and, and Tom Highmore and guys that are at clubs that have a bit more depth than Carlton are, are going to be there round one. So we might fall into Lamb Stocker. And I think out of Stocker, Dow, and also Lockie O'Brien, who are all priced pretty similarly, Stocker to me seems like the one most likely out of those three to make a bit of a jump in, in 2021. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I'm not sure if he's there in round one, but he might be a player that we can pick up later in the season as a downgrade option. Patch, 
I've been trying to do my best 22 for the uh, for the Blues, and you've got to put in Eddie Betts because he's going to play round one, and you've got to put in a few of these guys like Jack Nunes. He, he'll be there round one. I just can't find a spot for Liam Stocker. Patch, do you have any thoughts on this, uh, you know, elevated rookie-priced player? I mean, yeah, it depends on if he, if he plays. If he's there round one, I'll look at picking him, depending on how he's gone in the preseason and, and how his role's looking. But I, at this stage, I haven't been paying enough attention to the internal mechanics of the Carlton Football Club's fringe footballers to really have a, a nuanced and uh, and valid opinion on these two blokes. The second one, oh. I, I have to Google <laughs> mid-conversation. I'm really hurt by that because I've been sending you Ned Carhill or Carl or however you say his last name updates every day and you can't give me a little bit of Liam Stocker love? I mean, look, if I had Liam Stocker in a, in a Supercoach draft league, then maybe I'd be keeping closer tabs on him. But he slipped through my grasp in several of them. So I don't know. I'm, I've got too many other, I've got 48 other players I'm keeping track of in, you know, on the fringes of other clubs. All right, well, my breakout player is, he actually broke out last year, but I, I suspect he can break out again. I don't know if he's a valid super coach selection. He's my, probably one that you would trade into if he starts bolting. Will Setterfield at $482,000. He jumped his average up by 29 points from 2019 to 2020. Played as a inside mid most of the year. We didn't really flirt with him as a forward line player like we have done in the past. He saw his center bounce attendances increase by 44% last year versus 2019. And his run home uh, in his last five games, rounds 13 to 18, he averaged 109 super coach points, the third highest of any blue, including Matt Kennedy, but he only played one game. So Will Setterfield, he's... Only 23 years old, he's coming into that, starting to hit that real development stage of his career where you start asserting yourself in the competition. The Blues really rate him. They traded hard to get him into the team. And like you said before, Tim, we are a bit of a Bulldogs. We've got a lot of midfielders. We keep talking about flexibility with midfielders and having, you know, Paddy Dow, he can play forward and in the mids. And Zach Fisher, he can play forward in the mids. Will Setterfield's not someone I see as a player that we can actually play in the forward line. So I think he's, even with the addition of Zach Williams, I think Will Setterfield still sees himself getting quite a lot of time in the midfield. And I see, I think we see guys like Matt Kennedy, Mark Murphy come out of the midfield and give a guy like Setterfield a real opportunity to grow again. Now, even if he increases his average by another 20 points, it's probably not enough to justify him as a selection because that would take him up. Well, that well, 20 points would actually take him up to 110. So that's probably unrealistic. Is there any chance this guy can break out and become a beast of the competition, Tim? Oh, well, I hope so, Lech. But yeah, you look at so his 2020 average, he finished with 90, but he showed really good signs, didn't he, late in the season? And I think what, what stands out to me was um, they tried him in a variety of roles early last season. And then it was if something clicked for David Teague and he just said, no, this guy's going to be a midfielder for us and, and spend a decent portion of time on the inside as well. So from round five onwards, he spent 74% of his game time playing in midfield, which is uh, great for his KFC Supercoach prospects. And, and that was um, from that point of the season, he averaged 99 points a game, which is a nice baseline, hopefully, to 
I don't know, take that next step as a, a KFC Supercoach scorer and push into triple figures as well. But like you touched on his finish to the year. So he went 141, 97, 88, 107 and, and 111. And that was really picking up some of the slack, wasn't it? When I know Patrick Cripps sort of tailed off for a variety of uh, reasons late in the season and, and Will Setterfield did some of the heavy lifting in midfield for the Blues as well. So that would be... I know my only question, Mark, if we're hoping that he's going to um, take that next step and, and potentially sort of go to that 105-110 average, which certainly on potentially looks capable of, can he do it as well when he's part of a, a packed midfield where we expect Cripps to go back to his sort of 110 to 120 averages, Zach Williams hopefully to go to around about that 105 and be a top six, top eight defender, and then Sam Walsh, just, it looks just like he's going to be um, a lock-in KFC Supercoach team for the next decade or beyond, So, and probably average on a 110 or so this year as well. So certainly the Western Bulldogs have shown that you can have a bevy of midfielders that average sort of between 105 and, and 115, um, but whether, I don't know, three or four Carlton midfielders can all make that jump in 2021 is so going to be a pretty big ask as well. But I really like what I saw late last year from Will Setterfield, and um, I think long-term he's, he's going to be a great player for the Blues. Patch, is this a guy that we have any interest in averages about 100 tackles a game, or is he sort of someone we'd look at when some of these guys move on, Ed Kerno, Mark Murphy, et cetera, when they finally uh, move out of the midfield for the Blues? Yeah, and I think Murphy will potentially do that this season. Um, and I think Setterfield is a logical one to kind of step into his role. But you've mentioned a few times that the you know starting centre-bounce combination will be Williams, Cripps and Walsh most of the time. Um, yeah, love him as a selection. think he'll improve his average by a fair chunk again this year with um, with a full season in the middle. One I'd be looking at in a draft league, though I don't think I could really justify picking him in, uh, in classic KFC Supercoach. Supercoach draft. All right, boys. Let's move on to our traps. Oh, I didn't get a, uh, I didn't get a breakout. Do I not, oh, I'm not sorry, allowed, Patch. I'm not allowed to have opinions on the Carlton. No, I want you to break out. I'll play the breakout song right now. Wonderful. Go for it. Right. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, so... Now, we've spoken a lot about the midfield. They'll be getting a lot of the ball, pumping it forward. There was a guy last year that is going to be standing into that void with a whole bunch of players missing up forward. You've got your... um. Now you've got Charlie Kerno, et cetera, out. So after four tons last year, including a 104, 110, 126, 103, just before I traded him in, Levi Casbold, come on down. <laughs> no, Come no. on down. <laughs> All right, 350K. He's 31 years old, key forward, key back, Ruckman, pinch hitter, average 65 super coach points last year. Why are you making a mockery of this podcast? And why do you think he's going to be a breakout player? <laughs> Look, if Justin Westhoff could play every position on the ground and average 100 for us, why can't Levi Casbolt, Lake Dog, can take a really good contested mark and go forward, can go back, can plug holes. No, I can't keep up the charade anymore. Let's move on. <laughs> I, was hoping, I was hoping that was leading into Harry Mackay because apparently he's had a good preseason, but I don't know whether it's the heat in... Sort of, where are you, Patch? Uh, North Eastern Victoria, but something has gotten to you, clearly, because <laughs> Levi Casbolt is not breaking out. I think that's that's about as good as when I logged into my Supercoach team for the first time this year and still saw Gary Ablett and Kyle Langford in my forward line and wondered what happened late last year. Well, so I got I got to log in and see Levi Casbolt for months and months and months because he was he was the player I, I brought there. in. 
Um, he's twenty twenty. What a year! What a year! Um, anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest, just to give one final, one final middle finger to to Levi Casbolt, Supercoach relevant. The first, the first thirty-one-year-old breakout player in KFC Supercoach history, <laughs> Levi Casbolt. You heard it here first, folks. If, I was uh, I was hoping at one stage on that he would be the first deaf ruck forward in the game's history because he has been a very versatile player. But no, we haven't gotten to the three-position player just yet. So maybe that's the history that I, Levi can make. Yeah, yeah. I, feel like there, I hope he can get there. I feel like there could be a few players in that swing set. You've got a Mark Blissavs in there. The Hoff obviously should have qualified. And we're yeah. going to at Josh Dunkley furiously until the end of time. Josh Dunkley is the other one. Um, and if... If you go back to JRL, we had, you know, Arazio Fantasia, mid-ruck forward. Make it happen, <laughs> champion data. Anyway, let's move on. I'm making a mockery of this process. All right, let's talk traps because there's a couple of names on this list, but my one is Jack Martin, who I know the Phantom, the Phantom loves him. The Phantom wanted him last year as a breakout option. He came out and averaged 83. I actually ended up with him in my team in the middle of last year and was reasonably happy until he went down with an injury. But I just worried that people are going to look at the forward line. They're going to see, oh, there's a real lack of options up here. Jack Martin, uh, 446K. Maybe I can bring him in. Maybe he bumps that average up to 95. The Blues have said he's going to play in the midfield. It's a, it's a trap. It's not going to go well for you. He's a fantastic player to watch, and I'm going to enjoy having him Play for the Blues again this year, but do not pick him in your Supercoach team, people. Please, please don't pick him. Tim, help me out here. Like, I might have a bad memory for some weary nights watching the Australian Open, but I swear two weeks ago you told me to pick Jack Martin and that he was great value. <laughs> so something has changed in the last two weeks. He does <laughs> this to you. He'll do it. It's his goal to try and get the 50K is that he'll just message people out of yeah. the blue and go, oh, you should pick I agree. I agree with you, though. Sorry to sorry to jump over Patch, but yeah, you look at Jack Martin's last three years: fifteen games, sixteen games, and fifteen games, and a top average of eighty three point one during the last three years. So he's going to have those 130, 140 games where he sucks you in, and and you think this is this guy is the real deal, and he can regularly have games where he gets twenty disposals and hits the scoreboard, and he can be that. Um, premium super coach forward, but he just hasn't done it consistently enough or stayed injury free enough to actually take that jump to the next level. So hopefully for Carlton fans, he can, but yeah, I completely agree with you. He's, he's a player that I would be well and truly steering clear of. Yeah, he does. I mean, I did message you, but two weeks is a long time. And at that point in time, he was the, the new midfielder at the blues. Now we've had three others. So we move on. But I will just say this for him, if he does see more midfield time, in games where he gets more than 15, 15 or more disposals, he you know scores a, at least an, a score of 90. So it's pretty solid production based on last year. But yes, let's move on. Patch, do you have any traps? Um, in, case, in case I wasn't clear enough, uh, Levi Casbold is my trap. Oh, Don't okay. pick him under any circumstances. No matter. <laughs> no one if was going last to. Two weeks, he's got 250K. Yeah, what idiot would pick Levi Casbold? <laughs> Tim, do you have any traps or have we sort of covered everyone for you? I'm still reeling from Levi Caswell, but uh, no, I I really worry because so many of us are are going for the Zach Williams option that he could be a trap. It's just, there's always that possibility isn't there with the guy with injury history that 
we get three or four rounds in and he, lo and behold, not only does um, he do an injury say, but I know the Blues have said at different times already in preseason with a stacked midfield that there is that possibility that he spends some time across halfback or playing in defence as well. So, I don't know. I love We love versatile players, don't we? We love players that can I don't know, fill a variety of roles for our um, AFL teams, but at the same time, a guy with a bit of versatility um, brings up some red flags in, in KFC Supercoach as well. So I hope it doesn't happen, um, and I don't think it's as much of an issue potentially as, as picking Jack Martin and having him go down because Martin would be a player that's probably going to be in maybe 5% of teams to start the season, whereas Williams is going to be in 35 or 40% of teams. So if he gets injured, at least thousands of other KFC super coaches are in the same boat. Um, but yeah, I do see obvious sort of red flags with the Zach Williams selection as well. But at the same time, I still think he's worth the risk at that price. Agreed. Lock for me, but I can understand him also being a trap. Patch, we're going to start wrapping things. We've got two categories to go, and then we'll wrap things up. We're going to move to our passes. For me, I've already stated it. Paddy Dow is well and truly a pass for me. Tim, is there someone you're passing on that you can understand as a selection? Well, Stocker's the one, I think. So we talked about those three um, top draftees that are between 180K and, and 202K as Paddy Dow is for the Blues. And Liam Stocker being listed as a defender potentially brings him into the, the thoughts of, of some super coaches. But um, you look at sort of some of the injuries that have happened at St Kilda that have probably brought a guy like Tom Heimel, who's 67K cheaper into um, the reckoning for a round one debut. Uh, we've potentially got Jacob Wurr from GWS, um, Lockie Jones showing some good signs over at Port Adelaide as well. All these guys are cheaper than Liam Stocker. Um, I'm more inclined to go for yeah those guys that are at least 40 or 50K cheaper than Stocker and um, let's hope he breaks out, but at 180k, I, I wouldn't be going there. Patch, is there anyone you want to pass on from the Blues? Uh, Adam Saad, I'd like to pass on for the Blues, and not just because he left Essendon and left me in tears and broke my heart, um, just because he'll be playing the same role he did at Essendon and at Gold Coast. Um, you know, I, I don't see any huge natural increase in his scoring. Um, can understand why people might want to jump on board. I think he'll deliver what he has you know, for the last couple of years, um, which is an average kind of in the 90s, um, you know, average 97.9 last year, which is very good, but not quite as good as, you know, the value's not there. I don't think there's potential to lift that all that much. I'm, I'm passing for now. I'd be happy to have him sitting at D2 or D3 in my draft team, but agree, I don't think for classic super coach. I, zigged, I zagged when everyone zigged last year. Everyone jumped on Ridley. I jumped on Saad. Wasn't the best move I've ever made. He was okay, but yeah, someone I'm avoiding. Can we until until Frico brings in running bounces as a super coach stat? I don't think he's ever going to make that jump to top line defender, is he? But I picked him as well last year, like in, late in the year for durability over. Uh, I think it was Williams that was available at just about the same time for GWS, and and like you said, he was okay. He averaged about ninety five, but. If you want an absolute top-line defender, um, yeah, you're better to just pay the extra 20 or 30K for some of the other options. Agreed. Now let's move into rookie selections for this year. But actually, we haven't even mentioned Sam Walsh yet. I just want to say I think he's a fantastic selection and I want him in my team. I just don't. He's not as good value as Crips. I don't know if I can start four blues. That's all I'm saying. Sam Walsh is a fantastic selection. Yeah, I agree. And for, for 540K, you're going to spend more time in the middle. But I don't know, from just a purely a mental health perspective, like watching Carlton is like pulling teeth 
at the best of times. And if I have Zach Williams, Sam Walsh and Patrick Cripps in my team and I'm barracking for Carlton and I'm barracking for those three to do well, I can see myself very quickly ending up in the, the fetal position this year. So trying to start all three of those looms as a disaster, but in the panic of, I don't know, Thursday night round one, I'll probably end up with all three of them against Richmond. So I could say that I wouldn't pick him, but yeah, I love Sam Walsh at 540k and would not surprise me if he finished as a top 10 mid this year. Yeah, he's no Connor Rosie who I'm starting. <laughs> I'm not starting Walsh. Uh, not, yeah, not starting Walsh, starting Rosie. I mean, that says it all, really. Kane Corns for the win. You are upsetting me. All right, let's finish Why this podcast. Why did you invite podcast. me on the Carlton podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Supercoach is about having fun, and I agree with the, the mental health. Sometimes barracking for your own team doesn't uh, doesn't work out. You can read that in the 11 Commandments article I wrote for Supercoach. A little plug for my own content there. Not on Facebook. All right, rookies. The final category, I don't think there's heaps of rookies to choose from here. I've said Corey Durden, who is going to play him as a small forward, probably when Eddie Betts is rested or comes out of that side or is injured. I don't know if he's going to be there around 1-2021, but just someone at 117K later on will should be able to downgrade to. Not going to be a huge score, I don't think, but just someone we can look at. Tim, do you have... Uh, any different midfielders or is Durden on your watch list? Yeah, I had to go all uh, sort of champion data and pluck out so many numbers here, Lech. But uh, so I've gone back through his, uh, his Sandful numbers from the past couple of years. So he played 12 games across the last two seasons in the Sandful. Thankfully, uh, South Australian footy got away in the chaos of 2020. And last season, he averaged 55 ranking points from nine games. So I don't know. He, he looks, he seems like one of those small forwards, doesn't he? That's probably going to end up being our um, sort of, F8 that doesn't make a lot of cash and maybe gets to 250k and then you, you cash him in sort of mid-season depending on the number of opportunities he gets and the most disposals he had in the game uh, last season as well I think was around about uh, 14 or 15 um, relies on kicking goals as well a lot to, to try and score points as well but I like him as sort of maybe a, an M10 option because he gives he's got forward mid flexibility too so um, potentially potentially gives you a bit of trade flexibility as well. But I think the one that's really going to pique the interest, um, especially mid-season, is the guy that Patch is going to talk about. And the other one that I just wanted to put on the radar, I don't think he's going to play early, but um, there was a lot of talk post-draft that Jack Carroll was potentially the the steal of the draft for the Blues, went in the 40s, um, another midfielder. So he's about the 18th, 20th midfielder on the Carlton list now. But um, there was already some comparisons to Paddy Cripps, sort of bigger body, um, taller midfielder as well. So we might potentially get a look at Jack at, uh, at some point as well. And if he lives up to that sort of post-draft hype, um, potentially sort of a, a late season or a mid-season downgrade option. Yeah, no, I agreed. He was the youngest bloke taken in the draft. I don't know how keen the Blues are going to be to play him in a year where they're desperate to make finals, but if they do give him a debut, I think he'll he'll be worth a, a mid-season downgrade. And, Patch, you've got another man on this list who excites all Carlton fans. We haven't seen him yet. No, speaking of big-body midfielder types, um, Brody Kemp is uh, has obviously injured. The Blues knew that when they took him at pick 17. In the 2019 draft, they knew that you know he'd be he'd be out all the last year. He's had stress fractures and a few setbacks this preseason, um, but I'm hoping, and everyone in the footy world is hoping that he 
he gets a nod sometime in the middle of the year. They get a few VFL games into him and then let him loose across if it's half back or half forward or wherever it is they're going to try and slot him in. I don't think it'll be the midfield, um, but you know he's rated as a top 10 talent um, before he did his knee in his junior year and his um, under-18s year. Uh, if he's if he's named, I'll probably slide him into a team into my team somewhere. Yeah, I think he's a, a solid option. Hopefully, he's not one of these guys that comes in at the back end of the year, plays one game, and ruins his price for the following season. But that's always a risk. Yeah. So Lecky's um, just quickly his numbers from 2019 when he last played, and he played three games in the NAB League that year. But they were scores of 120, 104, and 95. In the under 18 national championships that year, he went 112, 71. 129 and 93. So there's clearly potential for um, Brody Kemp to be a, a very solid KFC Supercoach scorer over his career. But as Patch said, now it's just a matter of how he goes after not playing solid footy for so long due to uh, a range of injuries. One we will certainly watch closely. I think that wraps the podcast. Uh, Patch, thank you for joining me, you beautiful human. Thank you, you wonderful person. And Tim, thank you for coming and joining us. And anyone listening, you probably already followed Tim on Twitter at Tim underscore Mitchell without the T. And you've seen all of his stuff on Superfooty, Herald Sun Sports, Supercoach. He's everywhere. He's the champ. He does. You're on the uh, Supercoach podcast as well for the Herald Sun. You're everywhere, mate. Thanks, Lek. I'm just... uh... Just logging into Supercoach as we speak to wrap up this podcast to put Levi Casbolt to F3. So yeah, let's baby. make that happen. And uh, can't wait to see the 31-year-old breakout season when he goes 105 this year for the first time after averaging 60 for the past 10 years. I'm very excited to see what his ownership jumps to after this podcast. Yeah, it'll jump from one to two. That's where it'll <laughs> come from. All right, community. Thank you for listening. We love you.